do send your cookies or whatever, make sure you put the crossing on it and put your name on it, and that way they can uh, enjoy it without hesitation. Isn't that a sad time we live in? It's just, that's, a, that's a frightening thing to even think about. Are you ready? Uh, today it's called The Unfolding. And um, my uh, grandmother was uh, a wonderful lady. I don't remember a lot of about her, but I know all the pictures, and, and I remember some things. And she would make quilts and things. I'm not sure if she made this one or not. But uh, and I know when they, when they certain quilts, I don't know anything about quilting. I know they make these patterns, and they put them all together. And you really don't get the whole picture until it's done. And so it's kind of like our life. We, if, if we believe Christ and we understand Christ, we, when we live by his authority and, his, and trust him with our faith and trust him with everything, then he our lives start to unfold, and it, as we get to the end of it, it becomes something beautiful. And as we uh, see our Lord face to face, he knows us, doesn't he? He created the beauty of who we are. I was very privileged to be Friday night to go up to, the, uh, up to India. I had an invitation to go to a pastor's banquet for the Gideons, and uh, wasn't sure what, what it was all about and didn't really think that was a real, didn't really know what to think when I got there. And we got up there at the JW Marriott, and then there'd be 3,500 people there, 91 different countries. Yeah, and it, it put your, it helped me put my mind in perspective because we get, we get in these little cities we live in or big cities where we're at or our little churches, and, and we kind of get focused upon, well, there's this person and that person. But we had 91 countries there that night. That is an amazing thing. And God is working all through those countries. And testimony after testimony, you got to listen how God was unfolding the things in people's lives. And the, the, the things that are so, I, I'm going to use the word organized. It's, it's just such an organized God. The things that may look chaotic to us, it doesn't to him. And because we don't understand it, doesn't mean that God isn't in it. Amen? Some of the testimonies we heard were just like, it just blew you away. One was a lady that uh, husband had walked out for a younger woman and, and her life was just in great turmoil. She didn't know the Lord and, and uh, time went on. She finally decided she was just going to end her life. And there usually she had a gun in her bedside table and she went to end it that night. And as she opened up her table, the gun was gone, but a Gideon Bible was there. Her son had replaced it. Well, she didn't commit suicide with the Gideon Bible, I can tell you that. But she did get back into church, surrendered her life to the Lord, and the day that she surrendered her life to the Lord, there happened to be a man in the church that day that gave the Bible to her son, which the son put it in her drawer. That's an amazing thing. God had this planned out. He knew exactly what this woman was going to do, and he had this perfect plan planned out for her, and it was going to fit her life. That was been several years ago, and not only God do such miracles in her life, she's remarried to a pastor, now she's the pastor's wife. I think God had a lot of plans for this lady. And at the end of our we can think that this, my life, is not worth saving, it's not worth anything, but it is to God, amen? It is to God. If we're willing to pay attention to the things that are around us, the, the way God is working around us, I assure you, God's always working around us. It's just so many of us are so busy 
and we quit looking to see where God's working, if we would just pay attention to God working around us, you can see his love unfolding upon your life. He's trying to make something very beautiful. And as he folds one part, it looks something different. Maybe sometimes it doesn't look so pretty because you don't understand it all. But once it's all unfolded, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Where's hazelnut? Is hazelnut in here? I call her hazelnut. I love that little baby. She's now, I need an old... John Blackwell, you come up here? I need an old man up here. Now, I don't know if hazelnut will go to John, but you can attempt it. Just for a second. Yeah. Now, John doesn't like babies, so... <laughs> what I'm getting at here is... We have this beautiful child, and her life is just starting to unfold, and her parents are organizing and putting things together that this child will know Jesus Christ. We have another elderly gentleman that's not really an elderly. He just looks elderly. And his life is, his life is way more unfolded than hers. But yet God has been involved in John's life so much that because of John, I'm, one of the reasons I'm standing here is because of John Blackwell. So God is involved in our lives so much we just don't understand it. But I want, I want you to, what I want you to get out of this is that no matter what your age is, God wants to be involved in your life and he wants to unfold your life to be the beautiful creation that he's made it. Amen? Thank you, Hazel. She's beauty, isn't she? Whew, got away that time, didn't you, John? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the beautiful music, Father, that touches our heart, that softens our heart. Lord, as we go through this message today, Lord, I, I just ask that you, that you help us see who you are in our lives, that we truly understand that you're unfolding our lives to be something spectacular. And Lord, we may not see it, but I know, Lord, that you see it. So Lord, would you help us today? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glasses on. Now, last week I didn't do a very good job with this tapping, and Ray was all over me for spending so much time. So I'm going to try to do better with this new technology we have. With every, with every unfolding in life, there is a heavenly purpose. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Have you got that scripture up for me? If then you were raised with Christ, so you have to be, if you want to be unfolded with God, you have, to be, you, have to be, you have to be raised with Christ. If you want this beautiful life that we're going to talk about, it has to come first with Christ. So if you were raised with Christ, died with Christ, buried with Christ, and resurrected in the new life with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is setting. See, if, I, if, I, if I'm determined that I want to be what God wants me to be, not what I want to be, I have to separate myself from what I desire and start understanding that God has something far more beautiful than what I've got. Amen? You know what, what a person has that's without Christ? Stuff. Just stuff. And it will all go away. It will all burn up. Some stuff is just on the blink of being taken away from it from the banks. It's just stuff. But with Christ, I have an everlasting love that's deep in my heart that I know it's there. And I can always call upon it. It's security in my life. So if we were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. So where is Christ? Where is he? 
He's right here in the Word of God. He's right here in your heart, and you want to seek those things. When do we seek them? Continually. I'm always telling you, church, we, we had the prayer study last year about the war room. Those are the ways in the Bible studies, experiencing God. Samson, we offer, offer, offer different studies that you can seek God. And so if you're not seeking God, please don't blame it on the church, and please don't blame it on God. It's your fault. It's not his. Christ is, was sitting at the right hand of God. It's where Christ is sitting. Your mind on, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Setting your mind on the things of the earth is the opposite position that God wants us. And it's so easy to, to get turned around and get your mind set where it doesn't belong. The church is so important today. It is so important. No matter if you've been hurt in the church, no matter what's taken place, it's still important. It is the only escape that we have. We are the only ones that can tell about God's glorious glory. Nobody else knows about his glory but the church. This is where it comes from. This is where it is. These are the things that he uses with us to show his glory. So set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So when Christ comes back to take his church, that beautiful unfolding will take place. And I'm going home. Amen? But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. But I say to you who hear, what's the first thing we have to, I sent this out one morning in, a, in my text message to everybody. But I say to you here, it's, an, it's, an, it's something that I have to do. The, the people outside of the church, the people that do not know Christ, they don't hear God. They only want to talk to God when something's going wrong in their lives. But as Christians, as the church, we are to hear God. And as we hear God, we fall in love with God. We turn our lives closer to God. And we watch God unfold every miracle in our lives. How many of you have seen miracles from God? How many of you got great testimonies from God? Something that's happened in your life, and the only way that you know it, it could got out of that or whatever took place is from God. It's your testimony. It's your God stories. I've got thousands of them, and so do you. But I have to listen to God. I have to hear him. And he says here, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So as we listen to God, we start to learn what love really means. I struggle with it as much as anybody else. I'm always asking God to help me, help me, help me get past it. And he does. And I'll fall back, but as I seek him, I understand that he'll help me as long as I keep seeking him. It's where my mind is going is where God will take me. If my mind, if my, let me rephrase that. If my mind is heading somewhere in the gutter, God's not going with me. But if my mind is heading toward God, he's going to grab me and take me. Everybody agree? Keep your mind out of the gutter. You'll be just fine. Whenever you're folding in life, you messed me up there. There we go. The unfolding life of a Christian, here's Christ. Luke 6, 27, Acts 3, 16. Take me to 3, 16 there, right? Just take it over, will you? I'm not too good at it. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hands, said, men of Israel, I say men of church, the women and the men of the church, and you who fear God, and you who love God, who are you in awe of God, listen. 
listen. You know, I can talk to people. I can talk to people constantly. And I'm going to be honest with you. Very few listen. They, they do, you know what listening means? It means you, you hear it and you take it in. Is it, you know, you, you plug up the other ear. It goes in one ear and it actually stays there. That, that's called listening. Anything else is not called listening. It's just called daydreaming and, and somebody speaking and noise being heard. And Paul's just asking him, he says, listen. Don't just hear God, but listen to the words of God, to the truth of God. And your lives will change. With every unfolding in life, there's a heavenly purpose. In the unfolding life of Christians, here is Christ. And the last one here is, like Cinderella's slipper, does the cross of Christ fit your lifestyle perfectly? You know, back in the day, back in years and years ago, before the factories and all that, there would be people that uh, would make shoes, and you'd be in a little town, and you'd go to the shoemaker, and he would have his, the pattern that would fit your shoe, your foot already. And you could say, well, I need a new pair of boots, or I need this. And he would have that done because he's already made yours. It was a specific pattern for your foot. And then Cinderella, I mean, you got, everybody knows the story of Cinderella, right? Well, Cinderella had this special shoe, and no matter where the king went to find this beautiful girl that came to that ball, that shoe, fit, it would never fit anybody else. It wouldn't fit her sisters. It wouldn't fit anybody else. And the king roamed around and roamed around and tried to find that person that that beautiful glass shoe would fit. And finally, in the last place, as we all know the story, he walks in and Cinderella with a, a heart, a wonderful heart. She had to look at herself in the mirror. She wasn't made up in her ground. She wasn't beautiful like she was the night the king saw her. She was who she was. And she had to go in front of the king and ask the king to see if the king would accept her for who she was. Well, I serve a king that accepts me for who I am. Amen? I don't have to dress up. I don't have to be something I'm not to be accepted by my king. He loves me. I have a cross right here that we pass out to sometimes on the people having surgeries and things. Is Janice in here today? Or is she back on the... Anyway, this cross... It fits your hand just perfectly. And as people go into surgery, they'll grab a hold of that cross and they'll let them take it in and, and it'll be in their hands as they go. And like that shoe that fit that one person perfectly, you've got to understand something. God's got a cross for you. It's your cross. He's asked you to pick it up. He's asked you to put it in your hand and let it fit perfectly in your life. It's not my cross. It's your cross. We all have this cross. It's the cross of Christ, but Christ has a perfect life for you. He has a perfect way he wants to unfold your life, but it's got to fit your life. Amen? You can't try to get God's cross to fit your life. God's, fit, God's cross fits your life. God does it, not you. He always has and he always will. The more our lives unfold in Christ, I'm messed up today. The more our lives unfold in Christ, the greater we understand that we are small and insignificant in the big picture. And yet God calls us his jewels. Go ahead, Ray, you take it over. I love this verse. It's, in, it's, it's out of 1 Corinthians. And many of you know 1 Corinthians is a chapter of love. It's all about love. We use it a lot of times. And I used a, a chapter out of it last night at the funeral. And we use it at weddings. It's just a, a beautiful chapter about love. And somewhere in this chapter about the second to the last verse, we come up with this one. It says, for now we see in a mirror. And here's this mirror. And back then when they wrote this, a mirror was something that they would had to make. It was shiny. 
It was a piece of metal that they had to continue to shine. It, it never gave the, the reflection. They didn't know to take a piece of glass and put silver on the back of it. They didn't have that, so they never saw the, the reflection of who they were quite perfectly or clearly. So for now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And that means when I see Christ, and my life is completely unfolded with God. I'm seeing him face to face. Now I know in part... I know what God wants me to do today. I understand where he's taking my life today. I know in part, I know God partly in my life. I don't know the full part of God because I'm not there yet. But then I shall know him. But then I shall know, just as also I'm known. Out of the New Living Translation, I'm going to read this to you again out of this. Let's see if it'll help you a little bit. It says, now we see things imperfectly as in a cloud of, cloudy mirror. But then we will see, see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. <laughs> see, if, if you spend time with that, 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 that just kind of... I can't hide from God, can I? And you all know that. You can't hide from God. You can't, you can't let, allow God to unfold your life and then there's a part in this beautiful life with this quilt here and there's a part in there that's got a stain on it. And you say, well, don't open up that part, God. Just go on to the next one. You'll just keep that one hidden for a while. But I'll tell you what, God's going to wait and he's going to take that stain that happens to be in that life and if you allow him to do it, he'll make it new and beautiful. Do you believe me? He does. He's a wonderful God that way. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Go ahead, please. Lord, make me to know my end. This is David in Psalms. Lord, make me to know my end. Make me to know that I am not this person that I think I am. I am only what you allow me to be. And that's all I want to be. So, Lord, make me to know an end and what is the measure of my days. That I can understand that my egotistic ways, they need to disappear. They need to go. My pride needs to die out because I am not nearly as important as I think I am. Sometimes we get to think of that your family can't make it or the, your church couldn't make it without you or your business, they'll never make it without me. We get to think that we're so important, but yet we're not. And if we would rely on God and put our pride aside, this world would become such a nicer world and such a more pleasant world to live in. What is the measure of my days that I may know, know how frail I am? You like look at that and you say, well, I don't need to read that. I don't, I don't need to hear that. But I'm telling you, if you take that verse in and just look at it and study it for a while and let God implant that into your heart, it will help you understand who God and what he wants to do in your life. He's a wonderful Lord and Savior that loves you with great passion, that wants to unfold your life, that at the end it's so beautiful and wonderful. I'm giving you a fuzzy sermon today, aren't I? It's not like me, is it? Go ahead, Ray. The closer we get to our final unfolding, the closer we get, in other words, me, I'm, I'm going to be 61 in a few weeks. That's, I know that's not real old yet, but let me tell you, my body says it is. 
The closer we get to our final unfolding, the brighter his glory should be in our lives. You know why? Because, because I, I've been put together. I'm, I'm not like Hazelnut over there. She's got a little patch here, but I've been put together, and all this beauty that God has given me, all these God stories, these testimonies, they're just pouring and filling up my life. And it should be beautiful in your life. You shouldn't be struggling. You shouldn't be panicking and in distress all the time. Trust the Lord with your life. Allow him to build something beautiful. So the closer we get to our final unfolding, the brighter his glory should be in our lives. Us older people in this church, we've got a lot of younger people, but us older people in our church, we should be the inspiration for the younger. If we cannot be an inspiration for the younger, why would the younger want to get older like us? I've been to a lot of churches with old people, especially down in Florida, and I'll tell you what, I'm just going to be right, downright truthful with you. Some of them are downright hateful. I walk in there and I say, oh, my goodness, i got to preach in front of these people. Put a piece of glass up in front of me because they're going to be throwing tomatoes at me. They can be not what they were a few years ago. They can start getting stains all over their lives because in the end of their lives they somehow turned into something they weren't before. Not all of them, but some of them. One of the reasons I believe is because sometimes we just get, we think we've done so much for God over the years that we're just done. I've heard older people say, I'm just done. I've done it for 40, 50 years. I'm just done. I don't ever see it in the Bible where God says we're done. I just don't. I understand getting tired. I understand these things. I understand getting fed up with and disgusted with some other people. I understand these things. But that means our focus is on people and not God. You've lost your focus. You've lost your center. You're looking at the world and not of God. Back to the first few verses. The closer we get to our final and the brighter his glory should be in our lives. The smiles, us older people, Blackwell, you should be smiling, man. Smiling, enjoying life, and he does. Many of us do. We should be passing that on to the younger. I'm always picking on the teenagers and the younger kids in the church, and so now I'm going to pick on us older people. It's our obligation as Christians that have been Christians for a while that have studied God's word to pass it down. And not only that, pass everything we've got down, everything God's given us, this beautiful unfolding. If your life has been beautiful from God, you've learned to trust God through the stories of God, through the God stories he's given you, then express that to others. Some of these younger people out here, you need it, don't you, or do you not? Because, see, I've learned some of the things you've been through. I've learned not to fall in some of the traps that you fall in. I've learned that money brings problems, especially when you spend too much. I still have a habit of doing that, but it's not my life. As our life unfolds, put your hope in Jesus. His love is never wrong. Amen? Everybody read this for me. As your life unfolds, put your hope in Jesus. His love is never wrong, and it will never fail. Do you believe that? I believe that. You know, I believe that, I believe that sometimes we can think that Christianity or God's word just doesn't work for me. I can see that people can say, well, God failed me. But God never fails. He can't fail. He's perfect. Only something unperfect can fail. So that comes back to me again. I'm the one failing God. I'm the one 
trying to blame God for the things he's asked me to change. He's asked me to, to allow him to take the stains out of my life, but yet I have failed to allow him to do that, so it's easier for me just to say, God failed me. And I hear it continually. It didn't work for me. God failed me. God failed me. God does not fail you people. He loves you. He put a lot of stains on that cross that were stains of blood, stains of our sin on that cross, not because he hated you, but because he loved you. In Psalms 39, 7, go ahead, please. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? And everybody said, my hope is in you. Say it. My hope is in you. And David wrote this beautiful psalm, and right here in 7, he says, as he's learning that he's not that big significant king that he might once have thought he was or, or that we might think we are. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. I've got a video I'm going to show you, and we're going to close. I want you to understand something now. God's got a perfect plan for your life. Many of you know that. and I've told you over and over and over again. And I have to continue to tell you because so many times you're not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. And your life's turmoil and families are torn apart. If you'll hear God's word and apply God's word to your life, there is, there is no other plan. Amen? This is it. You either accept it or you do not. There is no other plan. God says, you hear my word, you listen to me, and you apply it to your life. There's a video from Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's called Glorious Unfolding. Now, I'm not going to tell you about it. Just pay attention to it, and then we'll close. Burke, can you come on back up, please? The dad showing his love to his daughter. Allows her to go on a beautiful journey with him. That's what God does for us. He allows us to go on this wonderful, beautiful journey with him. But if we're not hearing God and listening to God, our journey is interrupted so many times that we lose the love and the comfort of God. We forget even how to trust God because we have trusted so many other things that this beautiful gift that he wants to give us is stripped away by life. You have one life to live. There's not any more. You're not going to be reincarnated. One life. Would you make it a beautiful life for God? Would you allow him to touch you and to change you into something glorious and beautiful that as your life unfolds, your family, your friends, and your community see something so beautiful, so wonderful, glorious, that they know it's not of you, but it's of God. Something completely different than the world, set apart, completely different from the world. It's of God. It's of God. Words for your week. Who's got them? A life, I'll give you the first two. Yeah, a life unfolded by God. 
a life unfolded by God, I'll give you the next one, looks like Give it to him, Ray. That was messed up. A life unfolded by God looks like a life unfolded by God. Amen? I can't open up this beautiful life as the older I get and see these beautiful colors and these beautiful stitchings and the, the beautiful design that God creates for you and get it to the very end and it looks something very filthy, very dirty. If your life belongs to God, then it looks like it belonged to God. Amen? It looks like it. It doesn't look like something of the world. It looks like God. It looks like God. People can't deny it. Satan may hate you and may come after you, but he can't have you. We live in a time that the world needs to see your beauty. And I know I'm not a handsome man, but I am to God. I am to God. Allow God to unfold your life and the colors of life be as bright as they can be. Quit with the frowns and start more with the smiles. Older people, become mentors to younger people. Even if you've never thought you could ever do it, and a mentor is somebody that just can walk up to, to Brooke and just put an arm around her, just look at her and say, I love you, Brooke. I don't have to have a bunch of words. I just got to let her know I love her. Can you do that? And not only can you do it, the bigger question is, will you do it? Let's stand. The shoe just didn't fit Cinderella's sister's. How's that cross fitting your life? How's that cross fitting within your life? If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, as always, every week you're welcome at these tables. If he is not your Savior, if he is not your Lord, don't come to these tables. You're not ready for that yet. You're not ready for that. But if he is, if he is, and your life is full of beauty, then come and enjoy the Lord. And there's stains in your life then get here at your knees or right there and get those things. Ask for repentance. Ask for forgiveness. Don't come before God and expect Him to take you and everything else is with you. It's not good for you. He warns us against that. If your struggle's in life, then you don't have to struggle. You don't have to. You're allowing those struggles to conquer your life. I've had as many struggles as anybody in this room. Sometimes they grabbed a hold of me very deeply. But as God would shake me and say, get back to where you belong, those struggles would fall off and Satan would flee. Because I love God more than anything. I learned how to fall in love with Him. And it's not hard. You just read His book. There's 66 of them there. A lot of great people that lived that have fallen in love with God and they've shown us the way. I love you all. I hate the struggles that some of you are in. Some of you just won't listen. And sooner or later you're going to walk out those doors and never come back. You just fade away. Satan has his way with you. And the stains pile up.
and they pile up. And whether you belong to Jesus Christ or not is between you and him, not me. I have no idea. But I can tell you, some of us are making heaven with our coattails on fire. That's not my plan. That's not my plan. It tells us that in the Bible. That's not my plan. My plan is to go up and have the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter within my presence. And that glorious Lord just shines upon our lives. For the first time, we see God face to face. And for that time, we are known as we are known. He knows everything about us now. You can't hide it from him. Why don't you just let him have it? Turn it over to him. Surrender it. Lord, Father, I come before you today, Lord. Lord, there's people hurting here today. There's people that are struggling within their heart. They don't know whether they believe you or not. They don't know whether anything is real. They, they have so many turmoils going on. Lord, would you help them today? Would you allow them to cry out, just in their silence, cry out to you? With the power and the grace and the beauty of the Holy Spirit, come in these walls and these hearts and these wonderful lives. Changes not for a moment, but for eternity. That as we leave here, we're so encouraged by the power and the grace of Christ. That we're so in love with the beauty of your word. That our lives are cleaned up. And a beautiful new quilt, a patch on that quilt is being planted upon it. And the beauty of it and the brightness and the colors of it are starting to glow and shine. And even the color of our skin takes on a beautiful brightness and a redness that was never there before. Because there's something different. I've learned that not only that God loves me, but I love God. Would you help us today, Lord, understand the beauty of your love, the beauty of your forgiveness, the beauty of who you are to this world, Lord, you're not a small God. I witnessed it the other night, 91 countries. Wow. People all over the world in different languages are speaking the same things I'm speaking today. The love of God. The grace of God. And the beauty of God. Lord, empower us to be who you have chosen us to be. That your cross fits our lives and we pick it up and not do what he walk with it, but we run with it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come, enjoy the Lord today.